0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This A's Cast Download is brought to you by LinkSoul. Go to LinkSoul.com. And by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com From former A's outfielder. Here comes Katsy. Here comes the relay. The slide. He's in there. Inside the park. Home Mark Katze.
0: To A's manager, it's time for the manager show with Mark Kotze, presented by Nest Betting. The A's skipper sits down with Chris Townsend exclusively on A's cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here's Chris Townsend.
1: Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, it's the last one of the season. It's sad. It's the Mark Kotze Show brought to you by Nest Bedding. Check out their location in the Bay Area or you go to nestbedding.com for all your bedding needs. You're talking about your sheets, your pillows, and, of course, their wonderful mattresses that Mark Kotze and his family sleep on. Go to nestbedding.com or check out their location in the Bay Area. Well, it's hard to believe the journey has finally come to an end. Three games left. How crazy is that to finally see that finish line?
2: Yeah, you know it's uh, like you talked about. It, it is a journey, and uh, we're at the end of the road here. We've got three games left in Anaheim, and uh, you know it's been a it's been a challenge for sure uh, in in a lot of different ways. But uh, you know the guys are still competing. We're still battling. Um, you know, as a result, yesterday you, know, you look at that game in Minnesota. You know, it's a playoff-contending team that we we faced two of their best starters uh, in Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda, and we ended up winning the game yesterday, which which shows a lot about this, this group, says a lot about their character and, and their fight.
1: So yesterday, I, I was doing the TV for NBC, and they wanted me to do my top three of 2023. And one of the things that I brought up, and I wanted to run it past you,
2: <laughs> okay.
1: was hope. And what you saw with Medina yesterday, now that you've seen Boyle and you've seen Estes and Waldachuk has thrown the ball better, my God, J.P. Sears going to have 32 starts on the year, Mason Miller, I mean, just, you know, all these soft Freddie Tarnock, Kusicks throwing the ball well. There's arms that you didn't have last year at spring training. You just didn't know Paul Blackburn's probably going to be back. Just talk about from a pitching standpoint, the hope that you can have in the offseason heading to spring training is that the A's are going to have a fight next year for who's going to be starting games.
2: Well, I I think, you know, we can go back. Let's go back to April and talk about the rotation. You know, at the time, the expectation level was to leave spring training with a healthy Paul Blackburn, um, you know, and um, unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, You know, we left also Drew Rusinski. Uh, without him as a, as a veteran pitcher and we left camp with like five, five rookies basically. So to go from where we were in April to get to where we are now in September, there was a Forbes article I think that was written today about the progress we've made and we are no longer last in pitching. If you remember telling in April, we had a seven and a half ERA, I think when the month was done. Yeah. So to go from there to get to where we're at now, I think it's a major accomplishment and, as you described the word hope, um, you know, we're looking at guys now that hopefully will leave, you know, start with us next year after a full season like J.P. Sears of 32 starts. Uh, Ken Waldachuk, who was a rookie uh, in the rotation at last year or this season in April, who had a really tough April and May. Look at the progress he's made. Um, you got to be excited about that. He starts tonight for us against the Angels for his last time. Um, you know, you, you also look at, uh, the additions of Estes and Boyle, but we got our eyes on, um, but they've got their feet wet. So it's like, they're going to go in next year and, and, and be wide-eyed, you know, bushy-tailed young guys. So, um, you know, is there hope? I, I think it's more than hope. And, uh, you know, my goal is to build confidence and a belief that we start out, you know, April, uh, on a different note next year.
1: Yeah, at one point we were thinking about dusting your old arm off and getting you in there this year, early in the year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know you talked about Langston and just right being on the show with that lefty. Bring I don't in know if lefty. I had the crew he had, but um, you know I do think back like, man, I wonder if I would have just went pitcher instead of hitter. How long I would have played?
1: <laughs> well, I saw it. used to come in from center field and blow it. It would have definitely been interesting. You know, the end of the year speech to a player. Take us back. I guess it would have been Jim Leland for you. What is it like? How big is it to really have that connection, that last talk with a player? This is what we want to see you do this offseason. This is where we want to see you get better. Pump them up a little bit also just to get that player. It's the last time you're going to see him for a while. You're going to have the holidays and all of that. How big is that last connection with that player, how you experienced it and how you want to do it with these guys?
2: Well, I think, you know, we're, we've started the process with exit meetings individual individually. And and it's a collection of, you know, the training staff, the strength coach. Um, we get an understanding of what their plans are, where they're going to be during the offseason. So it's, it, even though it's a last like. I stay in connection and communication with them all through the offseason to make sure they're working, doing the right things and going in the right direction, um, you know, to get prepared for next season. I'll share an intimate conversation uh, as much as I can um, to kind of describe what that last conversation is. It was, you know, Lawrence Butler was in here today. And Lawrence has been here for a little while now. He's got over 100-plus at-bats. The success um, that he's looking for, that we're looking for, you know, pure number-wise, hasn't been there. Well, we went all the way back to when Lawrence was drafted by the A's. He was a high school kid. He was in Instructs. We talked about that moment being in Instructs, and he shared how difficult the jump was from playing high school baseball in Atlanta, Georgia, to you know facing now professionals in Arizona. And <laughs> the comment that he made was, wow, they throw the ball really hard here. <laughs> you know, and this is really, this is really challenging. Well, thus, five years later, Lawrence Butler's a big leaguer. And if he had at that time, you know, not put the work in and not recognized how hard it was in pro ball to have success out of high school. Now he's a big leaguer and now he's realizing everything he accomplished for those five years to get here was hard work. Right. But then he was at the top of his game to get to the big leagues. Well, now, wow. It's eye opening again. And it's almost like going back to that first level of instructional league where he goes, man, this is really hard. Like these guys are really good. Now, he's really good. The talent is there. Right. But what's the separator? And the separator is the work you put in, you know, the the determination to push yourself like you haven't been pushed before uh, to get that level of success that he's looking for and that success that he's looking for is to have a 15-year major league career, to be an all-star, you know? And uh, and I think those conversations and that conversation with Lawrence, there is an understanding of now because he's been here and and to a certain extent been humbled uh, what it really takes to, to be successful at this level.
1: You know, everybody's thinking about whether it's head coaches or it's managers in baseball or in the other sports head coaches that – you know the mad science with data and all this kind of things that you got to deal with. So much of your job comes to com- uh, comes to communications. You know how do you commute with the how do you communicate with the players? How do you get to know the players? How the players are able to with you and your coaching staff? Just talk about that because I know it means a lot to you, and we've seen that in your first two years as a manager.
2: Yeah, you know, I think from this seat managing it 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 really starts with building the relationships, knowing the players, building the confidence, having the conversation, the the real hard conversations, like you know the, the, that that are uncomfortable. Um, because you know not everybody wants to be told you know that they're not good enough or what they need, they're not good at something. they need to be better at this, um, and challenging them to accept that uh, and and come back, you know with the right mindset. So, I think it's more stressful from the time I step in here at noon till game time. Now I'm judged and assessed by by most people in the decisions I make in the game. But really, like you're talking about, um, the job is more than more than just managing the game. It's it's you know building a culture here that that leads to success. Um, you know, and understanding each individual and and how you can motivate them or if they need a pat on the back or if they need to be you know, uh, squared up in a conversation, um, you know, that's about truth. So, you know, I try to be as, a, as transparent as possible on a daily basis with these guys. And I try to connect with each and every one of them. There's 26 guys plus the IL guys, um, but it's, it's just nonstop. But that's, that's the mindset and the mentality that it takes, I think to, to be successful.
1: The process for you, now the season's going to be over. Obviously, you, you you got a lot on your mind, but you got to decompress. I know you're such a family guy. Take us through what happens with Mark Kotze once the season ends.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, you, you try to take a little bit of time to decompress and then also time to reflect on, you know, things that um, can impact next season, changes that can be made. Um, you know, in, in all aspects uh, and, and just to self-evaluate, you know, um, and then start building a plan. And I think uh, it's, it's very similar to what players do. Players take a couple of weeks to decompress and, and then they start their training back up. I mean, each and every one of these guys in, that I've had exit meetings with plans on starting last week of October, first week of November. And, uh, and that's the commitment they make. And it's a commitment we make as a staff, as coaches to, um, you know, obviously take some downtime, but start preparing for next year.
1: Yeah, because as you mentioned, you, you, you like to talk to everybody. How much do you interact with your staff in the offseason?
2: Um, we, we interact um, frequently. You know, I'll check in. Uh, we start interacting a little bit more, um, you know, post-winter meetings when, you know, for the most part, uh, a roster can be kind of aligned, kind of set. And uh, then we can start reaching out to players and just connecting with them, checking in on them from, and we'll always check in on the current roster. But, you know, if there's changes uh, to that roster, generally, you know, the additions to whether it's six year minor league free agents that are come to spring training or whatnot, that generally happens in or around, um, you know, that winter meeting timeline. So, yeah. um, you know, but if there's general thoughts to, you know, planning and, and getting their thoughts on vision uh, for spring training and and you know the year uh, at any point I I generally will check in or bounce ideas off them um, you know starting in November on.
1: Let's end on this. How much will you try to get in David's ear, David Force, the general manager, where you're like, hey, this guy's out there, or hey, I know this guy, and you know, uh, how often do you try and sneak in there? Because obviously it's it's a roster you got to deal with every day. How much do you try and have your influence
2: on it? Are you trying to create a fight, or are you trying to ask?
1: Now he loves
2: you. We already talked about you with David. He loves you. um you know as as much as David wants to listen and hear me. Um, and, but you know, obviously, he's got his team. his baseball ops works tirelessly. I mean, their season really starts October second. Um you know, they do put the roster together and starting October second, they're gonna. Look at, at all aspects of our roster, and and I'm sure they've already started compiling lists for you know free agents, six year free agents, you know possible you know trade acquisitions to improve this roster. So uh, I know that that group um, works tirelessly uh, in the off season to uh, to make improvements in all in all facets. And uh, but you know whenever I'm I'm reached out to and and uh, um, you know been made available, um, you know I will definitely. Uh, you know, help in in any, any way, shape or form I can.
1: Are you going to be itching on Fridays? Like, God, something's missing in my life. What, what, well, I just don't feel complete where in the back of your mind, it's like, you should be on ACE cast live. You should be, are you going to be thinking that in
2: the off season? I hope that I have an opportunity to play in the Friday golf game, Um, you know, more than I did last season, but I don't know if that's going to, Going to you know come to fruition or not, but um, yes, Tony, it's been a pleasure. You've been great. I, I really appreciate just the the easiness of of the conversation, and I hope uh, I hope everyone on AceCast appreciates this time. And you know um, that if we can be better at it, uh, send Tony all of those requests. <laughs> how we can make this better?
1: <laughs> well, let me tell you, it, it's it, it, you've been so good to us, and you're very flexible. And, you you know, you never know when you change managers what's going to happen. And it was like the perfect fit for us and what you've done for us. And really, you know, how honest you are. I think one of the great things about dealing with you on a weekly basis, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are in charge, who are afraid and they're insecure. That's not you. You take this thing head on. And, yeah, there's been a lot of L's, but you're as honest as can be. And I really appreciate the strength that you have to be honest, because not everybody would do that.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. Um, you know how much this organization and uh, means to me, the fans mean to me, and and I understand the, the disappointment uh, of the last two seasons. I wear it on my chest. Um, you know, when when maybe I'm not on camera or when maybe I'm not in front of the media, but um, you know, listen we're going to do everything we can to, to turn this thing around. I think there's talent in this room to do that. Um, you know, we have to be patient, uh, like I've talked about, but, um, I do see a future and and I do see a bright future here.
1: All right, buddy. Have a great off season. We'll catch up at some
2: point. All right, Tony. Thanks again, man.
1: That's the Mark Katze show brought to you by nest bedding. Check out their location in the Bay area, or you go online to nestbedding.com. love where you sleep. This has been a presentation of the Oakland athletics.